Welcome to the Special Needs Kids Are People Too podcast with Amy Bodkin, EDS. Amy is an autistic adult who also happens to be a school psychologist turned special needs consultant and public speaker. She's also a homeschooling mom to two autistic kiddos, a yoga instructor, a card-carrying Trekkie, and an all-around fun person. And last but not least, Amy is an advocate for seeing every child as a person, not a diagnosis. Because a special needs kid is just like any other child, just more so. Here's Amy Bodkin. Hi, I'm Amy Bodkin, and welcome to another special episode of Special Needs Kids Are People Too. Today, I am with Sarah Collins from Homeschool OT, and I'm very excited to have her with you, uh, well, with us. (laughs) And um, I want to let her take a little bit of time to tell you about what she does. We recently consulted with Sarah ourselves, and we're very pleased And Sarah and I are super excited about some things we have cooked up that we're going to talk about in a little while. So go ahead, Sarah. Oh, yes. I'm super excited to be here and absolutely about some of the things that we have coming in the future. So um, like Amy said, my name is Sarah. Um, I am also an, I'm an occupational therapist, but also a homeschool mom. We started homeschooling in, oh goodness, I think it was 2016. I, do you know what's funny is that when I used to work in people's homes and I would ask them dates of surgeries and things, and they'd be like, I don't know what year that was. I'm like, how do you not know? But yet here I am. And I don't know what date, what year was that we started homes. I have no idea, but basically no. <laughs> what happened, um, my kids were in public school. We were kind of, um, you know, going the flow, keeping up with the Joneses. I was working full time. Um, as an occupational therapist doing home health care in and out of people's homes. And it was actually through that, that I saw a person homeschooling and it was totally different than, you know, the stereotype that I had in my head. And I went home and I told my husband, I want to homeschool our kids. And he thought I was completely bonkers, like nuts, crazy, no way. Um, but right. Right. Um, It's never what you expect. No, no, totally not. Totally not. Um, but lo and behold, you know, he ended up getting a new job within the next three months after that, we moved to Pennsylvania. It started to be at, at that point, it was March and we were moving again to our new home in May. And we just thought this is ridiculous to put our kids in school in the third different school in a year. So we started homeschooling that year. We met a bunch of people. I live in Pennsylvania where we are now. There's several, I mean, it's a large community of homeschool families. And so we met fantastic people and started to change our entire lifestyle. And it was fantastic. So yeah, so that's where we are or where we started. I was home completely homeschooling only for about two and a half years when I went to a a continuing education course on handwriting, just to keep up my OT license, she said, you know, Sarah, there's really no one out there that's um, working specifically with homeschool families. You should start a business. And I was like, yeah, I don't have time for that. And then, you know, again, later on that same week, I had another family who was asking me questions and I just realized, you know, looking around that we, she was right. You know, there really is not an occupational therapist that was working with families. Now there, since that time, I have met so many fantastic occupational therapists 
that do direct therapy with kids um, and also homeschool. And there, there's just a special love that I have right now with other occupational therapy, homeschool, you know, uh, pairs, I guess. Yeah. Um, but there's still not very many and no one else doing specifically what I do, which is working with families. So we really break down the whole homeschool day. We look at a kid's strengths. We look at how they, that child fits in with the whole homeschool dynamic. What do they need to work on within, you know, themselves as the person, what can we adapt within the environment or what can we change within the occupation, sometimes curriculum, sometimes the using handicrafts to teach motor skills, whatever. Um, we really break it down to make it specific to the homeschool and family. That's what I do. <laughs> fit, fit organically into your day instead of, well, this is our OT therapy time and this right. is our speech therapy time. We get right. to incorporate that so it's a natural part and learning's a natural part of your life. So. Yes. And that really goes back to so much of our philosophy of education, which is, you know, based on Charlotte Mason, is a, a learning is an atmosphere, a discipline, and a life. And so if we just build everything into our lifestyle, um, a research shows that if things are coming naturally to you, you're more inclined to do them. And <laughs> the more carryover you have, the more likely it is to make a difference in your defined success of what you specifically need and want to do, which is the whole purpose of OT is that we want you to be successful, your definition of success and what you want to do and what you need to do. It's all about you. So it's exactly great. Yeah, and I think Charlotte Mason's philosophy really fits. Um, it fits in well with mm-hmm. OT, speech, school psych, at least mm-hmm. from that perspective, when we want to take the perspective of it's all about you. And really, that's how it yes. should be. Yeah, I think yes. traditionally with insurance companies and legal stuff getting involved, sometimes we can drift away from that. Yeah. Or maybe that's not where we started at. And so we're kind of like, whoa, we can actually make this all about you and what serves you best and help you become that lifelong learner <laughs> instead of making you hate this learning. <laughs> right. There's this entire movement right now, even with occupational therapy into strength-based goals, instead of looking at people at what their weaknesses are and how do we fix them, but instead looking at what are, what are a person's strengths and what do they really need to do and how can we use their strengths to get there um, and sometimes compensate for weaknesses, but sometimes also that if we are focused on those strengths, we're also bringing along some of our weaker areas and hoping to um, strengthen those, you know, that we're, we're really working on the whole person instead of just looking at how to fix that person. Well, and also there are air quotes in there for those of you that can't see me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and also trying to find um, balance too, yeah. uh, because we can, you, you want to have time to focus on strengths and to enjoy your strengths. You also want to bring up some of the weaknesses so it's not as frustrating. Um, but that doesn't mean you have to do it in a traditional way either. You can, you know, find different ways that work for the person using the strengths they already have. Um, and too oftentimes I think, and you see this, I think a lot, um, with speech, we've been talking together recently about some of the new stuff coming out about just thought language development, uh, and how, uh, we've got this traditional way that we think things are supposed to be learned a specific order, a specific way. And I think what 
you're referencing, is it the same thing that we were talking about with speech, that there isn't just one way. Um, it's a matter of finding what works for the kid. Right. And I will even, actually, since we're talking about strengths and weaknesses so much, in my house, we talk about frequently that your biggest strength can also be your weakness. You know, yes. for example, my daughter is a, she wouldn't mind if I'm saying this because we talk about it all the time, but she is a fantastic leader. You know, she really, she just went on a mission trip to the Dominican Republic. And I can't tell you how many people have told me since then that she, she was the center of a, of a room of kids and she just led it and it was beautiful, but she also always likes to be in charge. You know, they, they go hand in hand. And so the, and there's a time when you need to listen and be a follower um, and learn from other people at the same time. So your strengths and weaknesses can really collide. Yeah. It's just a matter of the, that's where the environment and the occupation come in. And that's the other part of what I do, making them all match. And that's that balance that you were saying. Yeah. I often tell people, um, you never get a strength without a weakness and you have to love your weaknesses because they're what give you your strengths. Uh, we just don't want as quite a huge of a gap between those two, if we can help it, because it makes life a whole lot less frustrating. <laughs> right, right, right. And now for a word from our sponsors. Hey guys, this is Amy from amybodkin.com. I wanted to let you know that we're starting a new type of episode on the podcast called Dear Amy. We would love for you to submit the questions you have about homeschooling and life in general with special needs to amybodkin.com forward slash dear dash Amy. I'm looking forward to discussing some of the topics that are important in your life. I think you and I have had some similar experiences in some ways. We started homeschooling from the beginning, but it was not in my 10 year plan. Um, we started noting, noticing learning differences and I was like, Oh no, this is, this is not where I want to go. I do not want to be on the other side of the IEP table. It's just <sighs> different moms have different strengths and right. that is not one that I want. I, I'd much rather do the work myself right. than make sure somebody else is doing it. <laughs> right. So I actually, even once we were homeschooling, I still took my son in to, um, to get an IEP testing for an IEP through our school system. Um, he at age eight was really still struggling with reading. And, you know, the more that I now, the farther out that I am, I'm like, he was fine. He was going to get to it. But at that point I was pr still fairly new. Now we did start from schooling him when he was six, but still, I was still, fairly, I wasn't confident in myself. And I was like, there's something going on. Um, and we went in to, to check. And so I've been on the other side of the IEP table as well. And um, it turns out he, he did need a lot. He needed vision therapy. We've done so we've done permanent reflex integration. We've done sensory processing and sensory integration within our own homeschool. Um, but sitting on that side of the table, can I, I was I, like, I've done this. I've been on the other side and I'm still sitting here nervous and confused and, um, and this was at one point they did offer us dual enrollment and the teacher said there, um, she was the special educator. I said, you know, just tell me a little bit more of what the classroom looks like. She was like, well, the walls are blue. <laughs> what would a 
meant. Like, <laughs> my husband started laughing. He was like, she doesn't know what to do with us being homeschooled. She thinks we're like locking our kids in a shed or something. <laughs> the walls are blue. Give me a break. I know. I know. It's, it's so funny because if you haven't seen someone homeschooling, you really yep. don't know what that looks like and right. how different it can be. Um, because for most people, when you say, well, what does school look like? It looks about the same in most different school environments. Right. That's very true. In mm-hmm. different states, private school, public school. But when you go to a homeschool, yeah, there's no right or wrong way to do it. No. And they all look different. <laughs> yes, it's so true. And it's one of the things I love. Um, now, another similar experience we've had is that I still don't know another school psychologist who homeschools or works with homeschoolers. I haven't met one yet. I'm assuming there's some kind of a past school psychologist out there that homeschools, um, but not well, one. I know one. She does all. Of, she does our evaluation every year. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, yeah. cool. So there's I'll some that work with like state evaluations. Yes. Yeah, we need to connect at some point because I haven't met one yet. <laughs> um, it's not usually traditional because school psychologists generally work in a school, not yes. in a therapy center. So yes. it makes yeah. it a little less common. Uh, but with that said, let's talk a little bit about some of the new plans that we have in the works right now uh, that are going, yeah, we're going to be releasing more information um, just over time at the Charlotte Mason Plenary, which you can find at cmplenary.com. Uh, the first, well, the main thing is, is that we're going to be offering multi, a multidisciplinary team consult where you can work with both of us at the same time. I cannot just even express how excited that I am for this because I think, you know, Amy, you do so many good testing things and you give such a really good piece of information. You know, we talked a little bit about the person, the environment, the occupation, but such good information about the person. And it helps me to understand so much about what is going on um, within a person's brain with it, you know, emotionally what they're thinking. And, um, I, Oh, you just do such good work. And so what I love is to really work through function with a family, you know, so how is a person, what do they need and want to do during the day and how are they doing with that? And so if we, when we combine both of those pieces, I think it's, it's just going to be so great. I think it's going to be so beneficial for all of us. I agree. And I think something that a lot of people don't know if you don't work in this field is that generally speaking, the school psychologist tends to be more of the, um, the broad brushstroke. They kind of look at all the things and say, you need to see them. You need to see them. We need to refer to them. Um, they're looking at the whole picture and referring out. It's kind of um, like someone with many hats and no real super specialty in any one area in some ways <laughs> kind of dabble in a little bit of everything. Um, so yeah, when we do these consults, I'll be doing a lot of assessment to figure out, Hey, what's going on in there and asking a ton of detailed questions about uh, past development and past medical issues and 
what what's happened in your life um, experience wise or emotionally that could also be impacting us what's going on emotionally and then saying okay so I see we clearly have some issues sensory and fine motor and gross motor and how are we going to make this executive functioning stuff happen I'll be like Sarah <laughs> and here we are <laughs> well and no, nobody knows this either, but we consulted with Sarah recently ourselves. Uh, my youngest has had some developmental delays uh, physically. And he's talked about this because he's been on my podcast before. Um, and that it's been a bit of a challenge because of how he processes information. And we've seen many, 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 many people uh, I don't even know how many OTs, speech therapists, I have fired so many people <laughs> because they were not the right fit for my child and they could not see what was going on with him. And to be perfectly honest, I don't blame them for that because he has some very unusual um, weaknesses as compared to what they typically see in a therapy center. But when we worked with Sarah, she saw it immediately and she knew exactly what I was talking about. And she didn't think I was crazy, which was fantastic because most of the medical personnel thought I was crazy for years. And now we're still dealing with some of those physical problems that I noticed 10 years ago. And people said, he's fine. It's normal. And I'm like, it's not normal. <laughs> well, in their defense, there has been a lot of new research that's come out specifically yes. with primitive reflexes and, um, and their connection, the brain body connection. And so, yes. um, but it does also bring, <laughs> yes. And it also just reminds me like you know, there are so many people that are told when they're homeschooling, they go in for testing here and there and everywhere. You need to put your kid in the public school system to get services, or you yep. need to do this to get services. And, um, it's just not true. And that's one of the things that you and I are here to um, almost combat, you know, and I have written a course for occupational therapists. Now, granted, it's two years old, so it needs to be revamped because it's pre-COVID and there's a huge difference in homeschooling pre and post-COVID. But part of the reason I'm doing that is because I want to have therapists in every state that are homeschool friendly, that are not going to be like, you're crazy and you need to go into the public school system so that you can get your kids what they need. Um, they need that to be there for socialization. They need to be there for this. And, that. and that's not what research is saying either. You know, when we are looking at, there is a website, the National Home Education Research Institute, NERI, I think, um, that puts out a lot of statistics on homeschooling and puts out where kids are going after homeschooling, looks at, um, there's some articles in there about socialization and homeschooling. And really it's talking about, let's, well, not that website, but what I'm saying is and be empowered to build your own team. And like mm -hmm. Amy, what you said, you fired a lot of people. That's okay. Find your people because you're not crazy. You know your child best. You are the expert in your child. Know them, embrace it, and build your team around you to support you. Well, and no one therapist or even one person can be everything to everyone. Um, you are not everyone's cup of tea and you shouldn't be. Um, but there are clients and there are people and there are friends or whoever out there that are meant for you. And if you can authentically serve the people who are meant for you, then I find I tend to be a lot happier than when I'm trying to serve 
everything and everyone. Yeah, right. It, it, and just be honest, I'm not able to provide you with what you need. Let's find somebody else who can. So, which quite honestly is where us working together comes in because I'm not an OT. That is not my specialty. Um, now, when my kids went to OT, I did read um, Jean Eyre's book uh, because, you know, everyone else is going, you should read The Out of Sync Child. And I'm like, show me the research. I need to read like <laughs> the book. <laughs> so, but Still, like you said, there's been so much that's come out in the last 10 years. I can't stay up on every single area because school psychologists, they look more at the whole picture um, and tie it together in a lot of ways. You know, we specialize a little bit in learning, but learning's just tying everything together. It, it's not, right. yeah. <laughs> it's not a separate thing. No, no, it's not. It's, you know, accessing all of everything so that you can function, you know? We, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's going to be super exciting. Um, and you run some courses on your website at homeschoolot.com, right? I run focus groups. They come out every other month. Right now there's three. So they run like basically every six months will be like right now I'm doing executive functioning. It's, it's almost July and that one will run again in January. So they they alternate through. So the three of them are executive functioning, handwriting, and then the sensory balanced homeschool. And we take a whole month and we run through everything that has to do with that topic. So for example, within executive functioning, we're talking about it developmentally wise in the first week. And then the second two weeks, we break down the 11 executive functioning skills. And what does that mean? How do we address them? What are strategies? How, what are compensations? Um, what does that look like for the homeschool? What yeah. does that look like when we as parents have some struggles with executive functioning skills? The <laughs> apple never falls far from the street. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> so yeah, so we work through all of that together um, as a group. So with a portal and a Facebook group, and I'm today is the last day of sales for this one. And I could not be more excited to have this group of people coming in and to go through it. So each topic that I do, I feel like I eat, live and breathe it for a little bit before. And I'm watching my kids and seeing all of their executive skills. And then a little bit later when I do handwriting, they're like, Bob, stop looking at what I'm doing every day with my hands and my core. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. I'll move on to something else here soon. <laughs> my kids go through a lot of testing every year at the end of the school year. Yeah. Every three years, I'm like, let's do another IQ test. I want to see how we've grown and changed. <laughs> I'm sure they're like, woo, yay, mom. Yeah. This is so great. I actually remember that. My mom was a um, teacher. She, at that point, they called it gifted and talented. I don't know. Do they what? still do that? Is that still the term? Uh, last I checked, it was still gifted. I don't know if they were using talented, but that was last I checked. But, you know, it varies by state too. Yeah. Yeah. So she was a gifted and talented teacher and she had to do testing on us every year too. That's actually how I knew about my working memory struggles before I even got out of high school. So well, it tells you so much about yourself. And I think um, that's probably like the last, like most important thing we probably ought to share about this is that you know, why do you do a consult? Why do a consult with a multidisciplinary team? A lot of times I think it, 
I'm assuming it's the same for you, Sarah, that when I get a consult, it's because somebody has basically reached the end of their rope. They've tried everything else. They don't know what else to do. They heard that I've got a consult. It's something that they can do because it's affordable. Um, and so they decide to give it a try to see if it might be of help. But um, honestly, I feel like in a lot of ways, doing a consult or um, being part of the special needs membership group at a Charlotte Mason plenary, those are great ways of just learning to understand yourself better. And when you understand yourself better, you're able to be a better parent because you're not just reacting based on your own past experiences. And you also understand who that person is that's in front of you better and how they are different from you and their experience shape them differently. Uh, and on that note, <laughs> because special needs kids are people to special needs membership group, the special needs component, I still stick to that term. I know a lot of people don't like it, but the thing is, is that sometimes we're born outside that golden average. And sometimes we have life experience that set us outside that golden average. And to be able to honor that and to be able to recognize that pretty much all of us are going to fall outside that golden average at some point to be able to say, Hey, me too. And, you know, have that community where we work to understand ourselves better and what makes us unique and how that's awesome and how that's also challenging at times and how we can better support ourselves. It all goes back to that strengths and weaknesses that we were talking about before that they, your biggest strength also can coincide with your biggest weakness. I think, Amy, what you were saying, like, why do the, you know, multidisciplinary, I think, there are a lot of times when we as homeschoolers are like, no, I can, I can do this. And it's almost like we are just prepping ourselves continuously of, or pumping ourselves up of, no, I can do this. No, I can do this. And you're right. You absolutely can do this, but that doesn't mean you have to do it alone. You know, right. we, as homeschoolers, we can still have a team of people. We can still have a village of people around us. Sometimes that's you know, your co-op, um, we were just talking about the plenary, you know, it can be your hiking group. My hiking group is one of our most important parts of our week. So those other mamas that are around us, the kids, the friends for my kids and everything. But there's also something to be said about learn, you know, always having an open mind and learning um, more about your children. Um, there's a lot of anecdotal evidence out there of, um, you know, when someone's like, well, this is what I did for my kid. And this is what I did for my kid. And this is what I did for my kid. And that's great. You guys, that is great. I love hearing from other parents, but that other parent doesn't know your kid and your environment and what your kid specifically needs to do. You know that. And then if you're consulting with other people who have that professional experience, we have more of an expertise that we can put into looking at that environment, that occupation, and also that like the underlying skills. So it's not just an anecdotal of, oh, this might be a good idea, but let's right. take kind of our expertise and pair it with your expertise and your kid so that we can build the success and what they need and want to do. Right. And I mean, that's another thing we've talked about is how generally speaking, when you're on the end of it, where you're the parent taking your kid to see all these professionals, they list out 
every single thing you could possibly do and it's all super expensive and time consuming <laughs> yeah and um because of that it just really overwhelms parents and i know why it happens i mean we're trying not to get sued for leaving something off <laughs> yeah it's true, but parents can't do that. And so working with homeschoolers in a little bit different setting, providing a consult instead of therapy, uh, that really frees us up to be able to say, okay, these are your three big things this year. These are the things that are going to give you the biggest bang for your buck this year. Mm -hmm. And here's our um, starting point. And then we can move yeah with you because we're consulting like we can say okay so how is that going what what's what's going well what's not going well what do we need to change what are we like boom that happened our child has really grown taken off and so now we need the next steps you know we can right. continue on that path of looking at the whole picture of the the homeschool which is again you're learning if it's an atmosphere, discipline in a life, your homeschool is your whole day, <laughs> so, all day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, it's a really great opportunity because when a child is learning it naturally in their environment, it tends to stick better, I think. Mm -hmm. um, so at any rate, Sarah, I really appreciate you being on the podcast with me today. I'm super excited about all of the new fantastic ideas that we have that are going to be coming out at the plenary, there is nothing like this available out there in the homeschool world. So, so great. I am just so excited about all of these opportunities and excited about the families that we're going to work with. And it's excited for my own homeschool. I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm just like, wait, we have more resources. And um, no, it's going to be really good. Everything's going to be good. No, I'm so excited. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for being with us today and I will see you guys next time. We hope you had fun listening to today's episode and gained some new insights into the wonderful variety of people in our world. You can find out more about Amy's advocacy work at amybodkin.com. And remember, special needs kids are people too.